Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Blackhawk Talk, episode number 27, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm right here with Joey Parisi and Joseph. You like coffee? I do. Love what coffee. do you like about coffee? I drink my coffee black. Um, Elaborate. I I don't know. There's Even with cream and sugar, I feel like there's something... There's probably something better tasting that I would rather have. So when I drink coffee, it's usually just because I want a nice hot liquid to get my day started. All right. I mean, <laughs> it's must very boring. You must be fun at parties. It's very. I know. I don't. I don't wake up and make myself a pot of coffee. All right. I, I get that. Some people like it is obviously a great boost. I know when I have a cup of coffee on a cold winter morning, it helps elevate my game. Go to the gym after. It always helps. No doubt yeah, about it. There's at, I think there's around 15 milligrams of uh, caffeine per ounce of coffee. So, I mean. that That's a fair amount when you say, I mean, what, what's in a Red Bull? I, I don't know. A Red Bull has that can right there. What is that, a 24-ounce can? or No, this is a 12-er. Oh, that's probably around like 85 milligrams. It should say on the can right by the barcode. All right. Well, you know, I kind of like coffee culture. Like, it's not my favorite non-alcoholic beverage in the world. Like, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I'll drink it. But I don't wake up in the morning and go, got to get my Dunkin'. Got to get my... Like, I don't do that. I have enough yeah. energy on my own, if people can't tell already. But I I like tasting different kinds, if that makes sense. Almost like, you know, the beer guys. Like, me and you taste beer for fun. Like, even not necessarily to get drunk all the time, just to, like, taste different flavors of beer. I like doing that with coffee, too. Tasting the different sorts of espresso and the mixed drinks the lattes it's all good stuff to me yeah stuff like that you know there's a whole realm of expertise for coffee mm-hmm. that's kind of similar to you know beer and but for me beer like i could drink 10 different lagers and you know see a difference in all of them i don't i'm not sure i can say the same thing for coffee i don't know it just maybe, maybe my if you got just, more into it you might be able maybe to. my pal just doesn't work that way but you give me like two medium roast beans or whatever the hell yeah. is coffee and like i drink it black it's it's gonna taste like coffee to me so i'm not picky when it comes to my coffee no i'm certainly not picky either you know what one thing i do like though and this kind of goes for all walks of life for me i like hearing analysis on coffee like you know how people get intrigued when they listen to me and you babble on about pizza or whatever it is we're talking about with foods that we do know well 
when I hear like a coffee expert just start getting into the X's and O's of coffee artillery, I really, really enjoy listening to it. I I probably would if I was able to relate, but for me, they sound like idiots because to me, all coffee kind of just tastes like <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Like, I know we have an uncle who has an espresso machine and you got to like pack down the beans real tight and make sure that shit is like perfect with the water and everything. And like, it always comes out with like great different versions of lattes. You could add a little chocolate to make it a mocha, maybe a little caramel. If you say caramel, you're a weirdo. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy the stuff. I would love to be in the room when someone discovered coffee. Like, hey, we got these we got these seeds. Apparently they're seeds is what we just saw on the bottom of the screen. We got these coffee seeds or beans. Let's grind them up, run them through hot water and drink the water. <laughs> and maybe it'll give us energy. <laughs> Who comes I mean, doesn't that like cross your mind about most things that we consume in our bodies in all way, shape or form? Like, did we have to like smoke every plant? in order to realize that, like, the marijuana leaf is the one that gets you high? Like, did people smoke, like, tree leaves to Pro see if uh, that's a good at first? People like, probably did, like, smoke, like, a, a maple tree leaf. Or exactly. Okay, I feel normal after this one. Yeah. Ooh, but th that little weird flower over there, that one made me feel funny. Like, all... same thing with coffee. Or, or, like, vegetables. The vegetables that you can't eat. How, do, how did we decipher the difference between, like, that and a tomato? It just tastes bad. Uh, as Drumline, our father, Mike, the biggest coffee guy that we know, it's all in the beans. Shout out. Shout out to you. It's all yeah. in the beans. I literally call him Coffee Man. He is the would Coffee you pay, Man. Would you pay $600 to taste that all-world coffee? No. I would. And here's why. I believe money can always be re-earned if you work hard enough. I want to try the best of everything while I'm on this earth. If that means spending a little bit extra money to try the best coffee ever made, I would do it. $600, though? Come on. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing on the screen that you can overdose on coffee. I mean, how yeah. much coffee would you have to drink in order to do that? The recommended from, you know, the medical field is four hundred, no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine in a day. In a day? In a day, which. That's a lot. That's like. That's not that much, dude. No, it's not. One of these, a bang energy drink that we're all familiar with. Or Love those rains. Love 300 milligrams right there. So you have a cup of coffee in that. You're over your daily limit. Oh, it's people go over that all the I time. I was going to so say, does in order every to, person on planet Earth go over every single day then? Pretty much for that. That's for that's for the 400. Now, lethal, lethally, we're talking a fuck ton of caffeine. Got it. OK, yeah, that makes sense. I go. I mean, I, you take a scoop of pre-workout. Usually those have anywhere from 200 to 300 milligrams. And you think that's the only caffeine I'm drinking all day? No, no, so it's like. Joey, confirmed caffeine guy. I'm a huge caffeine guy. There's nothing against caffeine. I'm, See, I'm a big advocate. If you're trying to lose weight, throw caffeine into your diet. That's interesting you say that. And I see this stat on the screen coming up here about coffee drinkers tend to live longer. I was going to crack a joke about how, like, if humans weren't so stupid, maybe we live to be 200 years old because of, like, not listening to this caffeine recommendation pretty much every single day. But here I'm seeing that coffee drinkers tend to live longer. And I was like... Coffee's good. The thing that'll kill you with coffee is, you know, adding all your fats and your sugars. I never put sugar in coffee. I think it's weird because if it doesn't disintegrate into the coffee and you got like that little sandy feeling with your sips. <laughs> never had that problem. I've how had much... it ever since then. I've not put sugar in coffee. I like flavor. How much, cream. how much sugar are you putting in to where you've reached the maximum amount that 
that the liquid can you know dissolve that is there is a an amount yeah that happens with like all liquid you learn about it in science class yeah what's, that, what's that called when something can dissolve in a liquid i don't know osmosis no it's solid the solubility <laughs> Oh, well, Science 101 with Joey Parisi. Maybe we'll start a science podcast here. You know, one thing that I do know for a fact is hockey players love coffee. Yes, they do. So in order to get... Always walking off the bus with their cup of Joe, cup of dunk here. It's honestly remarkable how it's like every single one of them. I know, I'd be that guy. I would be that guy. the Timmy Hortons. You didn't even mention it's National Coffee Day. Is that why you started this? I mean, are you dumb? (laughs) Well, you should have said on behalf of National Coffee Day. It just clicked now. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was obvious the reason I brought up coffee. It is National Coffee Day for those who don't know. And now that it, now that you bring it up, we're getting some coffee because we are going to be at Guaranteed Rate Field tonight catching the Chicago White Sox against the Cincinnati Reds. If Nick Castellanos hits a home run, that will mean that we've seen him hit a home run against the Cubs and the White Sox this season, and I will buy you coffee in his honor. Hopefully it doesn't kill us because that's possible. Deal. Bad things happen when he hits home runs. And speaking of hockey players drinking coffee, let's talk some hockey in period number one. I like how you went off. You went off slow there. You went off slow to give just, just to make sure. Because lately you are just right out of the brick of conversation. You're like, we'll send it over to period number one. And then there's a little delay. Shut up. Chicago Blackhawks looking good so far in training camp and all the additions they've made this season. Have you taken a look at the lines so far in the preseason or in the training camp with team black, team red, the scrimmage lines, the practice lines? The only thing I've like really, yeah, I have, I've seen, uh, they have, um, Tyler Johnson playing winger, right? No, he's playing center. So you could catch an article on at thewindycity.com about the Chicago Blackhawks and their line combinations and how there might be a top-line center that you're not expecting to be the top-line center. When you think of the Hawks, for the last decade, the top-line center has been Jonathan Taves. Patrick Kane plays wing on the second line. You never keep Taves and Kane together. That was Joel Quinville's thing. They were never together unless they were down a goal with six minutes left in a playoff game. Coming back from injury, it looks like Jonathan Taves is going to start the season as the 2C and the top center playing with Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane so far in practice so far has been Tyler Johnson. I love that. And I'll tell you why before you get into your soliloquy on the whole thing. Tyler Johnson goes into corners, wins 50-50 puck battles, plays hard, grinds, goes to the front of the net. He is the perfect centerman. For Patrick Kane. I think of the best Patrick Kane years. Who was his center? Artem Anisimov. Not a superstar. Not the best. Just a hard-nosed center that does it all. And if there, you can't really mimic Artemi Panarin. But if someone on the Blackhawks roster can do a diet version of what Panarin does or did, it's Alex Dabrinkit. So I just think that that line can recreate the line that existed a couple years ago when Patrick Kane was the league's MVP, I think it could put up similar numbers. Um, I don't see that being the top line. <laughs> I think so much changes in training camp. And 
it was you're talking about the scrimmage where it was team red and team black, right? Yeah, Debrinket, Johnson, and Kane, and then Jonathan Taves was playing with Rekel and Hagel. Well, tonight we've got we've have the lineup. I don't know if you looked at it. It's Kubalik, Taves, and Kurashev. Yeah, that was the line in practice yesterday. And Doc is wait, which practice? The scrimmage? Yeah, they were they had two uh separate teams, team black and team red. No, Kirby Doc was centering Kubalik and Kurashev. Tonight oh, Taves. Okay. Okay, tonight okay. Taves is and okay. Doc is playing second line center tonight along with uh Brett Connolly and Hagel. So, so is Patrick Kane not playing. Patrick Kane's not playing tonight. There's so much that changes in preseason hockey in between rosters and roster transactions that I would say nothing is really you can't look at any of these lines. You have to look at them all with a grain of salt. You you do, but is Tyler Johnson and Debrinket also not playing? Because Can if I... they're not, I don't think there's a coincidence in that. Neither of them are playing. No. Okay, so all three of those guys who have been doing this practice top line are not playing tonight. But what I'm saying is yesterday in that scrimmage, Kirby Doc played with Kubalik yeah. and Kurisha. Taves and Doc flipped. Yes. That makes sense. No. I don't know. I I don't see – I think it's just, a, you know, they were making lines for this scrimmage. I, I don't think that Tyler Johnson's going to play top line center with Kane. Who's Doc's wingers in tonight's game? It is Brett Connolly on the left and Hagel on the right. Yeah, I, I think that's what it's going to be. I don't. I do because Tyler Johnson is just so perfect for, Ta- or for Kane and Dabrinkit right now. And obviously things could change when Taves gets a couple games under his feet. I just don't think that they're going to start the season with Taves as the top line center. There's one player I'm very excited to see tonight. And yes, we're going to the game. I'm not going to be able to watch it live, but you better believe I'm going to be keeping up with it at the game. Is it Lucas Reichel? It is. Is Reichel or Reichel? I keep saying Reichel. I heard, I someone, Reichel. Say, I heard someone say Reichel, so I'm just going to say Reichel. Well, you can say whatever you want. I really don't care. Um, he's, playing, being right. he's playing with Borgstrom and Nylander. Yeah. Uh, in yesterday's scrimmage, in yesterday's scrimmage, it was Rekel, Taves, Hagel. Yeah. So I don't know. I honestly see Rekel earning a top six spot. Top nine at, at minimum. Top nine, I think, is probably more. No, I, 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 from what people are saying about this kid in training camp so far, I truthfully believe that he's going to, you know, earn himself a top six winger spot, whether Did it be see... with Doc or. Did you see friend of the program, White Sox Dave, bumped into Lucas Reichel off the field and off the court, or court, not court, ice, and he tried to convince him to play baseball? Really? Why? Because he's stupid. stupid. He's like, you would make a great baseball player. (laughs) Has he even played baseball? No, he's German. I I, I know. I was going to say, like, who... What makes you think, like, let me try to recruit this guy to play baseball if you don't even play baseball? I mean, think about who we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, the goalie matchup tonight yeah. is another thing I'm really excited for. I want to, I cannot, I'm excited to see Lankin. And I'm, he's probably going to play, if I had to guess, half the game. They'll do the old swaparoo in the second period. It'll mm-hmm. be very interesting to see how, how he plays and handles the puck. And yeah, is Subban the backup? No, it's Delia, I believe. Oh, it is Delia. Okay. That yeah. means Subban's probably the fourth stringer now. No, I wouldn't. No. Or, no. Mark Andre Fleury. 
Lankinen, Delia, Subban. No, I don't think so. What do you think? I, I would say Subban over Delia. You're in a disagreeing mood mood today. The writing just... is the writing's on the wall that Tyler Johnson's going to be the top line center at least to start, and you're like, nah. I don't, there's no writing on the wall. There's no no writing whatsoever until I see it. Just wait till all these roster transactions happen and they have to actually start. Wait till they're down to one group in, in training camp and then put stock in some of those pairings. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I just think that the way training camp has gone and the fact that all three of them are out of the lineup tonight speaks to it even more to me that it seems like Carlton enjoys them as a trio. And we are getting confirmation that Lincoln is scheduled to start oh, the entire, entire game. game tonight. Okay, so that's so there you have it. There you um, have it. I like do that. Do the all switch. Yeah, I like starting Kirby Doc on the third line to start the season. I really do. And you can see based on this clip here that he scored the game-winning goal in their scrimmage yesterday. And it was a sweet play by um, Caleb Jones to get Doc the puck around Alex Dabrinkit, who's no slouch himself. And Doc beats him. He scores a sweet goal. Sweet pass by... Caleb Jones there. For those of you who don't know, Caleb Jones is actually Seth Jones's brother. And so that's some extra defensive depth. And Team Black got a win over Team Red. And Team Red had Taves, Kane, Debrinkit, uh, Johnson. Team Black's best player probably was Kirby Doc. So it's, it's good to see that he's feeling good about himself. He did confirm yesterday that he is 100% healthy following his wrist injury from last season. That's good because they're gonna need they're gonna need that center depth, and he's he's a center, and it's gonna go in any order. It'll be Taves, Johnson, Doc, maybe in that order to start. Yeah, um, I think it's Johnson, Taves, Doc. I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, on that, I mean, credit to you for sticking line. to that, and I and I want to see that because that makes me look. You know, I was really happy when they acquired Tyler Johnson, or when the, so. If he does play with DeBrinket and Kane, that's only going to do great things for him. Yeah, I agree. That, that's, that's an, if he plays with DeBrinket and Kane the entire year, that's an easy 60-plus point for Tyler Johnson. And I think they know that. And Tyler Johnson, would you say he can drive his own line, or does he need wingers to help? He probably needs some way, uh, at least a winger. Like I mean, like Patrick Kane, he, he can drive any line, but... Taves if you, can if he's healthy. If you put a line of, of Kubalik, Johnson, and Kurashev, it that probably wouldn't work too well. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I think yeah. Johnson as the top line center with Debrinket and Kane, you'll get the most out of Johnson. You will take advantage of his skills the most. I don't know. I guess we'll see that I'm it's there's a lot of great things they can do, honestly. But the fact that we're able to have this conversation and disagree with each other, but neither of us, have, neither of us are like spewing a hot take here. No, I don't think it's a hot take to think no. that Johnson can be the top line center with those two, and I don't think it's a hot take for you to say that he's a third line center or whatever. And that just goes to show depth, and that's what the Hawks have been lacking for the last three seasons since getting swept by Nashville. Yeah, but if Rico lights it up tonight, he's playing on the third line left wing. If he lights it up tonight. They're going to give him looks in top six minutes with either Taves or Doc or maybe yeah. maybe he could end up playing with Johnson and Hagel or Kurashev. My issue with that is, is he going to play above uh, Debrinket or Kubalik on the left wing? I don't think so. I think what they could do is have really three really good scoring lines. 
if Lucas Reichel is awesome and you put him with Doc on the third line and then you have Kubalik with Taves on the second line and Dabrinkit with Johnson on the first line, that's an awesome top nine center left wing combination. And then you throw in Patrick Kane, Dylan Strome, other guys to play right wing. Yeah. I just saw it. Do you, I don't know if this was announced um, earlier, but Tyler Johnson's wearing number 90. It's a pretty cool number. That is pretty cool. He obviously can't wear nine. With yeah, Chicago. he would. Yeah. That belongs to the Golden Jet. Um, I think Kevin Lankinen starting the whole game today is kind of telling. That probably means he believes or that the team believes that he's the backup, right? For what? That he's playing the, the whole game? The whole season. Oh, yeah. It, Lincoln is like the backup. Not a 1B. Like a true backup. Yes. He, but he'll get a lot of games. I would say he's in an 82-game season. He'll probably start 35. 30. Oh, 35? Okay. That, yeah. That's more of a 1B. Mm, if 1B. gets 52 and he gets 30, that's... That's a starter and a backup, but it's yeah, and I think that elevated backup, and I think that's the way they'll they'll handle handle that workload. I mean, I'd be cool with it because part of Mark Andre Fleury's last season in the NHL, which is probably this season, should be to help the Hawks develop Lincoln. I mean, there have been so many good goalies to come up around Mark Andre Fleury throughout the years, and he's just the ultimate teammate. So you would have to figure that he's going to be there for Lincoln when he needs him. Yeah. Um, the defense for tonight's game specifically. You you mentioned that pass with Caleb Jones and Kirby. Caleb Jones is playing second line left defense. With you're gonna need to help me out here. Kelnick, Kelnuk. Oh, Wyatt Kelnick. Kelnick. Don't know yeah. much about him. He's probably gonna be like their young, up and coming defenseman. They hope. But he was playing second power play unit in practice with Doc and Kubalik. The top unit was Seth Jones with Tyler Johnson, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Alex Dabrinkit. And then they were using Kalnick as the second quarterback of the power play over a guy like DeHaan or Connor Murphy, who Connor Murphy probably will end up being that second power play guy, but we'll see if Kalnick can do it and do it well. And that's another thing that kind of led me to believe that Tyler Johnson was going to play a lot with Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit is the fact that he's on, he's the center for the power play unit and Taves was doing what Malkin always often does and like plays the point or like not the point, but like the half wall as mm-hmm. a centerman. And then if doc or if Johnson gets kicked out of the play of a faceoff, Taves can come in or vice versa. Yeah. He's, I, I don't know much about this defenseman. I'll be honest. I'm looking at his stuff right now. He's where number 48 wasn't that Vinny's old number? Yeah. So, yeah. Sure is. Um, and then Riley Stillman and Connor Murphy. Connor Murphy are the top pair. So no, no Seth Jones tonight. No. Probably gonna to the bottom. Yeah, probably gonna fill up the lineup sheet when they are they in Detroit? I believe they are. No, it's it's home. It's at the United Center. Yeah. Oh, I kind of figured that at home they would run Seth Jones, Patrick Kane. I believe because but, it, that's personally why I think that Jonathan Taves is playing. That could be. That, that place is going to go nuts. I, yeah. Like whether it's it's not going to be full. It's probably not going to be. Like, I mean, maybe it will be this. You know, the the Hawks fans are crazy when this team is 
we know how crazy they are when this team's good. So, I mean, we saw in the, uh, I don't know if we'll talk about it in a little bit, the Seattle Kraken first preseason game. You would have thought that was a playoff game. Did you happen to catch any of that? Yeah, it was. We didn't talk about this. It was in Spokane. It was where the Chiefs play, the WHL team. They weren't at Key, or I keep calling it Key Arena. I don't think that's what it's called. They weren't in Seattle. Spokane is like a Canadian town in like British Columbia. Oh, is that probably because they were playing the Canucks? Yeah, that actually, I didn't even think of and that. But like Ty, Smith, Ty Smith played for the Spokane Chiefs. Like they're a WHL team. I, in bet, the you, I bet you that now that you say that, Seattle, let me check. They're probably playing all their preseason games in Canada because they just played against the Oilers yesterday. They're for travel issues, and then they're playing Calgary on Saturday or, t- or tonight. Interesting. I, I wonder if they're saving their first home game for like the regular season, but they had nobody playing yesterday. The Kraken, Connor McDavid just destroyed them. Yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know if their social media guy is trying to be a funny guy, like the Vegas Knights. Probably the media guy. All they kept tweeting about all night was how sick their road jerseys are. Every time there would be a score update, be like, "Hey, we still look good in these jerseys." That's really funny. I mean, it's true. They're sweet. Those, yeah. And I like the homes one home jerseys better. And then when I saw the the white ones yesterday, I was like, "These look nasty." And then, of course, like you said, Connor McDavid just took over that game. He's is Connor gonna like be the best player ever? I think he is. I'm starting to think so. Like he might not break Gretzky's points record, but like, I don't care. That's not what makes the best player. Like it's not, it's just not what is the greatest NBA player. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Cause he's the NBA's all time leading scorer. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Gretzky also did, uh, did everything else too, though. So I mean, no, but I, I just think Connor's more skilled. I think he's visibly more skilled. Yeah. Well, visibly, yeah. But, I mean, it's different eras. There's an argument to be had. You can go on all day about comparing the two. Connor McDavid, they need to build a team around that, man, is what they need to do. And they're, yeah. Darnell Nurse also looked really good for the Oilers last night as well. So, Oh, yeah. I that, hope the Oilers are good. And I know the Kraken were playing nobody, and obviously the Oilers are going to do that when they're playing everyone in the Kraken. There is a rule, a new rule in the NHL, where you have to play at least eight veterans so fans get their money's worth. But, I mean, when you play eight veterans, it doesn't always mean that you're playing your stars. And I I do think the Kraken are going to be pretty good. All the analytics sites are also predicting them to be a playoff team. So there's some good perception around the Kraken Mm -hmm. this season. But you know, preseason, it's watch individual players more than anything. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about the NHL, I don't The Hawks play their first preseason game tonight. The Devils play their first preseason. A lot of teams are playing their first game tonight. The Bruins have already had two. Yeah. And I, I threw this hat on for a very specific reason. Um, this was the this year's draft hat, the one that Fabian Lysel put on. And this kid is 18 years old and... I don't think I can recall a player, and I'm going to say even like David Pasternak, maybe Charlie McAvoy, who at 18 years old, I was thinking to myself, like, this kid could potentially make his NHL debut at 18 years old. I really didn't think that about Pasta. Pasta played a lot in Providence. McAvoy came in in that 2017 playoff series against Ottawa, 
So he made his debut in the playoffs, and then we all knew he was going to be a stud. Um, but Fabian Lysel, remember that name. He was awesome yesterday playing with Jack Stadnika, number 68 for Boston. I'm very excited for him. I was going to ask you about Studnika. I mean, what do we think? Yeah, I think it's it's a battle between him and Charlie Coyle to take David Krejci's spot. Okay. So, um, the Rangers announcer yesterday, which, by the way, if you've never watched a game on uh, MSG Network uh, where the Rangers broadcast team, I love those guys. Whether you hate the Rangers Chicago or not. fans should know Sam Rosen quite well. He does he was, he Bears stuff. Bears preseason. Okay. That... Football teams don't football teams don't have their own announcer like it's all national. Mm-hmm. But for the preseason, Sam Rosen was the Bears preseason announcer for a while, and he is the play-by-play man for the New York Rangers on MSG. Yeah, if you have ESPN Plus or whatever you're able to watch an out-of-market game on, tune into a Rangers game because that is one of the best broadcasting. I really enjoyed yesterday because yesterday I listened to them. They were it was. Pretty much the Providence Bruins versus half the New York Rangers. Artemi Panarin, as Hawks fans know, that dude took over the game. Um, but they, what I'm getting at is they pointed something out that this is going to be the first year since 2007 that the Bruins' two top two centers are not Bergeron and Krejci. That's wild. That's 14 years? That's, That's something. Crazy. Speaking of the Rangers... Henrik Lundqvist is having his jersey retired on January 28th. Did you see that? I, I saw it. I didn't see the date, but I saw the caption that they will retire his number. That's that's a no-brainer to me. I knew it was going to happen. Who are they playing that day? Do you know? I don't know. What's the date? I'll look real quick. January 28th. For those who don't know, Henrik Lundqvist retired. Um, he's one of the NHL's all-time great players, and the New York Rangers are going to retire his number 30 on January 28th against the Minnesota Wild. Wow, that is not I, I, that is not what I was expecting. I know. I would say there's probably not much correlation other than it being a Friday night in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I figured it would either be against the Devils or the Capitals. Yeah, but sometimes you just got to work with the schedule. Maybe they already have prior plans for. It, it would probably be on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. Well, I would have thought it'd be a Saturday. And looking at the schedule for the Rangers, I mean, they play the Hawks December 4th on Saturday night. Um, They play the Devils on March 4th on Friday night. Yeah, but they don't want to wait that long. Exactly. They probably don't even want to wait till January. Exactly. And that's that's all for Friday and Saturdays. All right. For, so, for those big teams. So me and Joey have a little bit of a disagreement on the Blackhawks lineup. But that doesn't necessarily mean that either of us are wrong because Kirby doc could easily be that guy too. Yeah. I think it's, you got to look more at the guys who we don't know how they're going to do like Rekel and some of the defensemen, Brett Connolly. What if he shapes up to be a top six left winger? Who knows? Yeah, for sure. Um, There's some exciting things that are going to happen in the upcoming NHL season, right? Yeah. We should talk about those in period number two. Welcome to period two of Bar Down, where me and Joey are going to discuss. It's kind of like a fun little thing I came up with here. There are so many good things that come with the hockey season. And if you're in the chat, I want to know right now. And you could tweet at Vinny Parisi, at Joey Parisi, your favorite thing 
about the National Hockey League season. It could be your favorite event. It could be your favorite snack to eat at the game. It could be your favorite thing to do before and after a game. Anything in the world that relates to the upcoming NHL season that is most exciting to you, let me know. I want to hear it. Joseph, what food goes the best with a National Hockey League game? I probably should have thought about that beforehand, huh? Yeah, if only you got notes sent to you overnight well, so you could wake up to them. So when I'm at the game, am I at the game or am I watching it? Both. All right, when I'm at the game, for some reason at the United Center, it's probably just because it was one of the first things we had. Their basket of chicken tenders. They're so fucking good. You get buffalo sauce on them. You could dip them in ranch. They they have some real uh, – granted, I haven't been there in like two years. They have a really good thing. No one has. Um, so, I mean, that's – I feel like that's always going to be my go-to at a Hawks game. Uh, when I was in Boston, they have a slice of pizza. It's literally this big. Wow. I, have, I took a picture of like in front of the glass. It's, it's literally a foot and a half, two feet long. It's, it's kind of thin. It's a thin crust pizza. That's awesome. Uh, and you literally just everyone is watching you eat it because when you bring that thing back to your seat, you got this piece of pizza this big. Mm-hmm. It's just one slice. And it was picture the slice being like a, a, a rectangle like that mm-hmm. or the, the pizza when they make it is a rectangle and they just cut it once. And then that's yeah. a slice. so you, you get like a corner of crust. It's weird for sure. It's really good. Um, and honestly, when I'm when I'm at home watching a game, I think I'm going to go with pizza as well. You order a pizza. A lot of people call it football pizza. But no, when you order pizza delivery, you know, our local pizza joint down the street, you you just get that delivered, you know, puck drop and you go to town on pizza throughout the game because it's something you're eating it first period. You get kind of full. You have a couple beers. You close the box. Third period rolls around. Hey, let's open the box. Have some pizza again. I think. I think I agree with you on the buffalo chicken tenders. Those things smack. They were the first thing I ever had at the United Center. Um, when I'm at home, chicken wings. You For could, those who live it could in be, the north. It could be the Winter Olympics uh, sledding, bob sledding, and your answer would be chicken wings. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> you're picking, you're picking I like chicken, chicken wings. wings. I like nachos. <laughs> I like pizza. I like all that with hockey. And, you know, there's something about like a gas station set of snacks when you're on your way home, you you know, you got the game at six or seven and you make a quick stop at the local jewels and you get some chips, some dips, maybe a little sushi, like just little snacks like that, that you can get at like either a grocery store or a gas station. Can't beat it. See, for me, that screams football. I don't want that. I don't want snacks for my hockey game. I'm sorry. Hockey game. I sit there. You're dialed in. The puck's moving. You got the eyes on the puck the whole day. And then a stoppage. You blink. You go to the bathroom during the TV timeout. Football, you make the play. All right. They're huddling up. You, know, you got running clock. You go grab some some dip. Hockey. That's why that's where the pizza comes in. <laughs> I hear you. NHL 22 is coming out next week. Two weeks. And we are going to have a very special guest on this show to talk about it. But we'll save that for a different day. You excited for NHL 22? I'm not. 
as we quick mentioned back to the last topic, pretzel with a beer, a, a good pretzel. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with a good pretzel. Um, I'm not excited for NHL 22 at, at all. I, I haven't been excited for an NHL. I'll I'll be honest. The NHLs they're one and the same. They, it's, I don't know. They they make me mad with the ratings that they've been coming out over the past couple weeks or so. I feel like they got it all wrong. I could I could rank this league better than. I mean, David Pasternak isn't even top 10 in slap shot power. Come on now. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of... Bah humbug, Joey. Bah I'm not humbug. a fan of the direction that they've taken the game. It's all about them making money with Hut. Even the competitive game is through Hut, so you have to build a super team and spend money. It's it's a pay-to-win game. I don't know. It's just not, a, it's not like what it used to be when us and the boys would log on. Ten of us, we'd have our season going. It's nothing like that anymore. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you more if I tried. I cannot wait to buy NHL 22 and fire up some EASHL, or as our group of friends likes to call it, Eshel. You're basically the only one who won't buy it. So I don't know what you think about how, like, we don't log in with the boy. Like, literally, we all do still. And I agree with you on the ratings. Those are trash. Jack Hughes is an 84. Dude might be top 10 in points. So, like definitely think that the ratings are trash but as far as playing the game with your friends on a friday night or a saturday night after watching the real games maybe we get a little maybe we get together with some of our friends and watch the old battle alberta and then after you play some chell what's more canadian than chell after watching the uh battle of alberta maybe and that's, routine? and that's what it, the game has become it's it's fun in terms of that you have your people over and then you got to kill time. We'll get a round robin tournament going. You play on the same screen or whatever. I get to go up. You're going down. I'm home. Who's home? Who's away? With two randoms and a suicide. That shit's fun. But I'm talking when you're playing alone, like the game. You know they've ruined Hut. They've ru- there's no GM connected. It's it's uh, the way the gameplay rolls. It's just not like what it used to be. Yeah, I mean I get what you're saying. So Joey, not excited for NHL 22. I am hockey night in Canada. You got the old music. I know you can hear it. You all, you all, you who watch hockey, you can hear what I'm singing right now. It is awesome. Saturday night, it's 10 degrees outside. I don't want to see any of you in person. I want to sit at home. I want to be on my phone. I want to have some chicken wings door dashed. And I want to watch Hockey Night in Canada. And I know I'm going to be getting a great game between the Maple Leafs and the Canadians or the Maple Leafs and the Bruins or the Maple Leafs. And the, I'm just kidding. No, November it does, 6th. It, no, it does November, have, November 6th, first Maple Leafs, Bruins, Hockey Night in Canada game. Just saying. Yeah. And like they make a spectacle out of it. And then the nightcap is always like either Vancouver, Calgary or the Battle of Alberta. Like Saturday night, if you're a hockey fan, is the best night in the world. You watch college football all day you do not move from your chair and then at night on one screen you have the big college football game that's at night and hockey night in canada it's just the best there's nothing better i cannot wait for hockey night in canada this is the only one i really wanted to go before you on because i know you're about to like shit on hockey night in canada and say mean things about it because you're a a-hole but i don't know i love hockey night in canada and i cannot wait to watch my first edition of it in what two weeks three weeks let's go um yeah i can't really you know get behind that 
I there's just because it's hockey night in Canada for me. There's there's other teams I'd probably rather be watching. I'm, I mean, I'll just keep it simple like that. Uh, when when my team's playing in it, usually I don't get to watch my nesting announcers, which sucks. So I'm not gonna say I'm a huge fan, but yeah, yeah it's good for certain matchups. Like when you want you want to watch that Montreal Toronto game and nothing else is on like yeah they they put on a good show or the battle of alberta right afterwards like i don't hate it but it's not necessarily something to get excited for for me i haven't well, thought much i think like you have the game right that's probably the least interesting part about hockey night in canada and i'm not saying i don't care about the game i do but what makes hockey night in canada great is the production the spectacle you know everyone is involved in terms of sportsnet putting together this fantastic presentation of the NHL and you could watch whatever game you want inside the lines, but the pregame and the postgame got to be hockey night in Canada on Saturday nights. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying again. Um, but I don't know. I just, it just doesn't get me excited. I'm more excited for, to see the production of the ESPN that they do. Cause I personally love the, the work on Monday night football winning games on ESPN or Sunday night baseball. I'm excited for what they decide to do for, I don't know if they have a set night in hockey yet. I don't think it's Wednesday on ESPN. It looks like Wednesday is going to be on TNT. There's a couple games on ESPN on the two, first Tuesday of the season. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see that, you know, set up with the broadcast team and, and the graphics and all that. Cause I love Sunday night baseball specifically. Yeah, I can't wait as well. Um, we have three sets of outdoor games this upcoming season. Obviously, there will be the Winter Classic between the Minnesota Wild and St. Louis Blues. There will be the Stadium Series game between the Nashville Predators and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then the Heritage Classic is the Buffalo Sabres at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right, the Maple Leafs? Is it? I, I don't, I'm pretty, I, don't I know Buffalo Buffalo's the first Buffalo's the first American team to ever play in the Heritage Classic. And I have a note on the Winter Classic that I think might interest you and might help make you want to go a little more. It's March thirteenth for the Heritage Classic. And is it the Leafs and the Sabres? I didn't get that far yet. <laughs> what is uh what you saying you to get me to go to the uh heritage classic or the no the winter classic the winter classic the winter classic is at night is it really yeah it's at seven o'clock central why is that i don't know it is the maple leafs and the sabers yeah that's what i thought I, i mean i triple check all this stuff before i come on but i just had like a brain fart like right as that was happening sometimes it happens um seven o'clock yeah, I, I think we have to go. And it won't ruin our night before. I want to know what made them do that. I want to know, too, because I want to give a kiss to whoever did it. Oh, I know why. They, January 1st at noon, the Bruins play the Sabres, so they put the more important game on the Oh, game. okay. Yeah, the Bruins-Sabres regular season game, that's way more important. Would you go? I would think about it. How? How? Yeah, I mean, it's in Minnesota five hour six hour drive i would do it in a heartbeat you could watch the bruins while i drive 
that would be fun. And that kind of does make it easier that it's at night. We wouldn't have to like, we'd still it be able to have New Year's fun. Eve. It wouldn't yeah. ruin New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all in. I want to go to the stadium series too. Now that one, I would almost borderline say we are going to because it's in Nashville and Nashville is a good halfway point between us and Atlanta where we have some friends who would like to come up and meet us in Nashville and maybe do a little hockey and honky tonk in one weekend. I think that'd be kind of fun. That would be. Who would you root for between the lightning and the predators? Really? I'm a, I'm a pretty much closet lightning fan at this point. I I hope that at that point, the Bruins are one point behind them for first. That's the thing at that point in the season, it could mean, it couldn't, mean i'm not rooting for the lightning oh i'm rooting for the predators regardless i have no... I, I like the predators but first i the lightning are one of those teams i'll root for them even with the the standings and them being in the bruins division i always root for them for some reason i just i it's hard to root against them for me but then the games that they play the bruins i fucking hate their guts it's like i don't know it's like i'm watching a different team and then they'll be playing the bruins on like a thursday night and i'll be like i fucking hate these lightning I hate them so much. And then, like, I'll be watching that Saturday game. The Lightning will be playing the Capitals. And I'm like, I fucking love this Lightning thing. Like, they're sick. <laughs> That's the pretty much how the Lightning are with me. The Lightning are cool. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But it's I would probably root for Nashville. It's hard in Nashville. Nashville. It um, is in Nashville. So It's I mean. one of those things that, like, I'd probably just root for the home team. Yeah, I don't have too much stock in it. So do I want to go and be happy with the atmosphere of the fans? Or do I want to go be a loner who gets booed at? Like I always am. I mean, I kind of like being the loner who gets booed at personally. I love wearing away team stuff to home. Me team. too. Oh, me too. The only place I hate it, well, it never happens to me here, but like guaranteed rate field, if I see someone wearing the other team, I want them out. If I could have the FBI take them away, I would. That's that's sports. I respect it. I, I always tip my hat to those people. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm Especially just if you can tell they're passionate like fans. If they're like me and you. Yeah, like if they're clearly mad or happy emotionally about yeah. the game. Fans of the Barroom Network should be more excited for the Winter Olympics than any other sporting event, and I'll tell you why. Nothing is going to make two co-hosts on this network scream at each other more than the Olympics will cause me and you to scream at each other. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I'm getting mad just looking at your face, thinking about your Switzerland takes. And I just, yeah, you and your stupid Czech Republic. Whoa, like, whoa, we're going to call the whole country stupid now. What if, no, I'm calling there's, you there's stupid. Czech, there's Czech listeners. There's Czech listeners. I. They're my, Wait, they're my enemy good- right now. Our good friend of the program, Mike Haranica, singer, lead frontman of Devil Wears Prada. He's a huge fan of the check. You're going to you're gonna shit on our friend like that? He's my friend. I like the Devil Wears Prada. I like Mike. I hope Switzerland shoves it up their hoop in the Winter Olympic Hockey Tournament. Disrespect. Switzerland. I'm just telling you. Uh, the Barroom Network fans should be the most excited about that. And, oh, Santiago. I... Real you quick, dog. real quick about Santiago. I uh, I thought of him because I'm starting to look like the lawyer myself, and you're going to be my client by the time the, the Czech Republic take care of Switzerland. You'll be looking for a lawyer, and I'll be your guy. You ain't representing shit. Switzerland's going to whoop your ass, and you're going to have to eat Swiss cheese for a week. We're making a bet. We, we're making a bet. You got to find the grossest Switzerland 
food cuisine. Why does it have to be gross? And I have to find no, because if the Czech win, you got to eat something gross that the Swiss just in- no. Enjoy. I want to eat something delicious that the Czechs eat. If I win, yeah, no, you should have to suffer. What the fuck? Who you lose the bet? Like that's, that's a, no. We winning. should both. No, in the end, we should both see triumphs, not failures. Okay. Why would you I want to eat, eat bad food? I think it'd be more like it's fun that the loser has to eat the winner's food of choice, but why make it gross? What are we, a bunch of barbarians? I'm not going to eat the gross thing. You, because you lost. I would be eating something delicious. I think you're missing the point. I don't want to make you eat something gross from Switzerland. I want to make Switzerland look awesome. I want you to have to record a video of yourself complimenting Switzerland and how delicious this food item is. I feel like every country has something that's gross that they look at as like a delicacy or something that... I ain't even no bugs if that's what the Czechs are into or something. No. Not going to happen. Like like in Australia, for the first thing that comes to mind, they eat this stuff called Vegemite. I don't know if you've ever heard. It's like a spread and every time you watch an American try it, it's disgusting. But apparently they put it on like toast and they enjoy it. So something yeah, like that, do anything something. like that, no. like, um, like Americans like spam. I'm sure if you brought spam to some other country, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? And they would think it's disgusting. I want you to have to compliment Switzerland when my Swiss whoop your ass. Yeah. So far, I'll just go ahead and say it out of everything we've talked about to get excited about in this upcoming season. There's my number one. Oh, me too. The Winter Olympics World hockey competition is the best. Yeah. Especially like, you know, NHL players will be there. I looked forward to it last time. I did. Me too. Because not everyone knows international hockey prospects quite like we do, where like they know a lot of the players on each team. But still, it was still like entertaining AF. And now you just take your favorite players scattered across the league and throw them in a completely new environment, new teams playing with each other. It's honestly one of the best hockey two weeks of. Yeah. And like back in the day, you would see like Taves play against Kane. You would see Malkin play against Crosby, Bergeron against Chara. Like those were just the great Mm -hmm. matchups. Now today, like Taves might not make it. We'll see. But like Crosby will play against Malkin. But there's still going to Zetterberg used to play against Datsuk. That was freaking exactly. There's still plenty of that that's going to happen. Like seeing two players who you're so used to playing with each other, Malkin and Crosby, going up yeah. against each other. Especially like I love when a when the, a group of players plays against their goalie. I always think that's really cool. Like when Team Canada plays against Team Finland, you got Bergeron and Marshan going up against Tuka Rask, and I, I always think that's the coolest thing. Yeah, I'm excited to see someone like McAvoy defend. Marshan, yeah, or like yeah. maybe try and get under his skin a yeah. little bit in the corner after a whistle, or Pasta and Krejci going up against Bergeron and Marshan. Yeah, exactly. Um, looking forward Which, to the Olympics. Krejci's lighting up his league, by the way. <laughs> like I said, we might fight each other during the Olympics. I'm already getting mad at you thinking about it. Most years that the Olympics take place, the All Star Game does not. That is not going to be the case this year. We will have both. I know. That's another thing. And it's something that means absolutely nothing. I look forward to that all-star weekend all the time. We make, we kind of make a big deal out of it. We've seen them do it many ways over the past you know, few years. I personally loved it when there was two captains and they drafted the teams. I thought that was the coolest thing. 
the three on three is pretty cool too. It adds a whole new element to it. The voting and having four teams, little teams, three on three doing a little tournament. I love that, but I loved when they drafted teams with two captains. Um, but I mean, I'm still waiting for the Atlantic to, to pull one together here and win one of these things. So yeah, we the- know, we know what division the all-star crown runs through. And that's the Metropolitan Division, which we will be previewing in period number three. Isn't the Pacific? Hasn't the Pacific won the most since the three-on-three tournament? I think everyone has one except the Atlantic. I don't remember the Central winning. The Central definitely won one. I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. I feel like I've um, seen the Pacific. They, I feel like they always win. And you would think, oh, Connor McDavid leads the way. No, the one year John Scott led the way. <laughs> yeah, that that was. That was something when John yeah. Scott played. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the All-Star Weekend. Of course, the only thing that sucked about the old way where you're talking with like the captains, I think it's what made them change it was like it was 25 to 21, like the final score. Like, that's not fun. That's not yeah, fun. There, there is more. Their games are more competitive because like, you know, you get on you're playing five on five hockey for three 20 minute periods and. There's going to be breakaways because the defense don't carry. There's they're not going. There's going to be two on ones and the guy's not going to play the body. In three on three, you're going to get that stuff. It's so fast paced. You're going to get these breakaways that would have been breakaways regardless in three on three. Yeah, it looks like more real hockey. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like when you get a bunch of guys and put them in a tournament opposed to just playing one game, they want to win that tournament. For some like the competitive nature takes over, and you can tell that these guys actually want to win the tournament. And don't forget, they all split a million dollars. Yeah, which means nothing to someone like Crosby or Matthews, but someone like John Scott, that extra fifty grand or whatever probably can help send the kids to school or something. Yeah. So you know we're all about these everyone making their money. We want everyone to make their money. Go out there and make your money. Real quick. Are there any? Real quick. Give me two all stars from the Devils that are three all three all stars that have the chance to make it from the Devils. I'll give three from the Bruins. And then we'll we'll give three collaborative for the Blackhawks. From the Devils, I think Dougie Hamilton is probably the obvious number one choice. Um, and then, of course, the two forwards, Jack Hughes and Nico Heashier. Jack Hughes has yet to make an all-star game. This will be his third season, but really his first full season based on COVID canceling the first season and starting the second season late. So this will be his like real full first full season, we hope. And... So I think he has a chance because he could be like a top 10 scorer. I do believe that. And then Nico Hishier is looking to make his second straight all-star appearance. If you include last year as not having one at all. So his second straight all-star appearance in years with an all-star game, he's already been an all-star. He's awesome. So I, I believe one of those three will represent New Jersey in the all-star game unless multiple devils make the all-star game, which would probably mean the team's doing really well. Yeah, do you remember where the All-Star game is being held? Is it Vegas? Yeah, it is Vegas. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the date for All-Star weekend. Who are your Bruins? Well, that that depends. Yeah, I was trying to find the date. I, I got three. My three Bruins are going to be the obvious wingers who are both going to have 100 points. Uh, Brad Marchand and David Pasternak. And I'm going with someone who I, I truthfully believe is going to be the number one a week into the season, two weeks into the season, it's Jeremy Swayman is going to make his first all-star appearance. So I don't know if I don't know if he's going to still have rookie status, 
I think so highly of that kid. He is going to so, be out of Andre Vasilevsky, Carey Price, or Spencer Knight. Whose spot does he take? He could take Spencer Knight or Carey Price. It all like if the Bruins are you know one the two goalies that played in the Stanley Cup Final. It, it, by All Star Weekend, they, it goes by numbers at that point. If the Canadians are are pushing to try to you know make the playoffs by New Year's Day, and he's and Carey Price is a two five goals against, which is very possible, and Jeremy Swayman's rocking a two two, and the Bruins are in first place. Guess what? Jeremy Swayman's the All Star over Carey Price. Yeah, I just think there's less to choose from on the Canadians, and you have to take one from each team. Mm, if and... I were if we're doing this for the Canadians, I would say Tyler Toffoli. Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Okay. Easy all-stars right there. All right. I'm not going to disagree Jeremy with Swayman. you. Jeremy Swayman is going to be so good. He looked so good in that preseason half that he played. I'm not, I can't say the same thing about Linus Allmark. All right. Hey, I'm not here to disagree with you. I thought you were going to say McAvoy. No, McAvoy won't have the points. You're probably right. Like Duncan Keith kind of back in the, or Drew Doughty, I guess is a better example. Um, are there any individual performances this season from players who aren't on the Bruins that you're excited for this season? Yeah, I thought we were going to give some all-stars for the Hawks, too. Oh, let's do that really quick. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Seth Jones. <laughs> First off, I'll go Patrick Kane, Seth Jones, and Marc-Andre Fleury. Ooh. Trying to think of the other goalies in the Atlantic. It's possible central. in the central or central. I mean, yeah, it's certainly possible. I know it's possible. He'll be an all-star um, right. players that I'm rooting or excited to watch. Yeah. Like people who you think are just going to be so sick. Um, based off what I saw yesterday, I actually really think Capo Caco is going to have a breakout year. Okay. I like that. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say Capo Caco. You know, I all love right. my friends. Yep. Um, Jack Hughes, I'll give you some love. Jack Hughes should really like, you know, he's had now another off season to, I'm sure he's been training his ass off. He's got a health. He's got his health back. Uh, I'm going Jack Hughes. Um, And then I'm going to say a kind of a chalk pick because how much better can this guy get? But Kale McCarr. I, I believe this guy's got an 85 point season in him as a defenseman. I think he's one of those players, and I'm I'm here for it. So, Cal McCarr, I want to. I'm going to say him every single offseason, honestly, because I want to see that guy develop into Eric Carlson 2.0 in his prime. All right, I like that. Those are all really good picks. I'm going to go in a different direction. First of all, I'm going to start with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle. That, to me, is one of the best duos to watch in the NHL. When an Oilers game goes on, the, if you see on your little app that they're going to the power play or if they're going to overtime, you turn that shit on right now. I don't care what's going on in your little in your little dinner. Like, you stop that shit and you turn on the Oilers right now. You put that trophy away. Nobody can. Imagine having one of them in fantasy. <laughs> but for me, um, with those guys, like, you know what you're going to get. 120 yeah. points from I McDavid. get what you're saying. I think... So the reason I brought him up, though, was what it was going to lead into for me. And my favorite race every year is the Rocket Richard. And, I, you know, mostly OV comes out on top. There are five or six guys who have a chance to win the thing this year. One of them plays for your team. That's David Pasternak. I think Pasternak, 
Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid all have a chance. But I think Ovi's going to take it back. I think this year Alexander Ovechkin has one more gigantic goal-scoring season left in him. I think he's got plenty of really good ones left, but I think he has one more gigantuan one left in him where I'm talking 45, 50 goals, lead the league. I have a full, and I've told you this for a long time. I've been saying it for many, many years now. You can back me up on this. I believe Alexander Ovechkin will break Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal-scoring record. I do. He's like 190 away. If he chips away 50 this season, I'll believe it even more. And this is with an 05 lockout that canceled the entire season. This is with a lockout that canceled the first half of the 2013 season. COVID-19 ended 2019-2020 15 games early. And it shortened 2020-21 by 30 games. Ovi would probably be pretty damn close to it right now had none of those things happened. Now, Gretzky played through plenty of things himself. He got traded in the middle of his prime. He he deserves all the goals he's got. I think Ovechkin can break it, and it starts with a big year this year. And then, of course, all the goal scorers I named, I'm so excited to watch all of them. And then I'm excited for a player that I don't know exists yet. There's a player deep, deep, in the Seattle Kraken organization. I don't know who it is. We'll probably start to figure it out within the next couple weeks. But there's a player in the Seattle Kraken organization that is just going to explode. And we're going to think to ourselves, how did so-and-so let this guy get away? You might remember when the Vegas Golden Knights came into existence. We knew Riley Smith was awesome. We knew Marcia Salt was awesome. We knew uh, Shea Theodore was awesome. Marc-Andre Fleury, awesome. But the heart and soul of that team that year was William Carlson. And Wild Bill had six goals, six, with the Columbus Blue Jackets the season prior. He was a fourth-line scrub. He goes to the 20, or to the Vegas Golden Knights, and he dominates. He scores 40 goals. And I have no idea what Chubbs is referring to there. Like, what does that even mean? I think he was being serious about your take on Ovechkin with uh, him missing all the time, like all the time that he's had to miss. He's missed how many games would you say? 30 the first year or the 30, 15. It's probably 82. It's over. It's probably close to 200 games, which based on Ovi's goal pace is about 100 goals. So, what? Yeah. Maybe it's even more. Doesn't he average like 0.6 goals per game? Something like that, yeah. So, like 120 goals could be missing from all that. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to watch all those guys, but the Kraken, that person who's the new Wild Bill, I think is like, it's it's deep in there somewhere. Yeah, and it could very well be... Like you said, someone who was on their former team, nothing but a bottom, bottom six guy. Um, and yeah, I kind of agree. Yeah, another Chubb guy definitely, that Chubbs definitely wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I see, I see. He, he's giving you, he's giving you shit for saying that you think it's going to be a player that you don't know who it is. It's just like, 
And I get what he's yeah, saying. For sure. I mean, hey, anyway, he said somebody pay me say, I don't know who's going to be good, but somebody will. I mean, he just loves giving you shit. It's yeah, been a while. Giving me, giving me shit for facts. Yeah. Um, oh, someone we didn't even mention was um, Nikita Kucherov. Everyone forgets what he looks like in the regular season. So I, yeah, not be, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised one bit when he puts up 115 points and we're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Nikita Kucherov. No, but it kind of does go back to what you said about like just not naming the players you know what you're going to get from. Like I could say, yeah, Patrick but we haven't Kane. seen we haven't seen Nikita Kucherov play like consistently in, in the regular season since before. That's true. COVID. That's true. So I yeah, last, right, last time last time he had a full season, he literally had 120 points, won the Hart Trophy, and yeah. And the reason I don't think Connor McDavid falls into that category is because like I I don't think he's done j- dropping everyone's jaws. Does that make sense? Like I don't think we haven't seen. It's so scary. We haven't seen the best Connor McDavid yet. So that's why I keep bringing him up because, like, every year I'm expecting something huge out of him. I mean, 104 points in 56 games last year. So, yeah. And so let me get back to what I was saying about the Kraken just to make it a little more clear where it doesn't look like I'm just saying somebody will and then say I was right. I brought up a perfectly good example with William Carlson and the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's exactly how vegas was so good and won the west in the regular season and made it to the stanley cup final it's because that one guy that we don't know existed yet came out of nowhere and i believe that will happen with the kraken and now, I do, I, do i think guys like jordan eberly and schwartz and even grubauer the goalie those guys are gonna be huge but i think if the kraken are gonna be that good somebody needs to step up yeah i agree um, I think the thing that gives them the advantage right off the bat is Philip Grubauer. We all know how high I am on him. Um, yeah, I mean, Vegas had flurry. It makes me kind of worried. It kind of makes me worried for the Colorado Avalanche. I'm not sure that, you know, Darcy Kemper and whoever the, their backup is. I'm drawing a blank. Wensois. Is it? I, I think so. I don't know if it's still. I don't know. I'll look later because it really doesn't matter. I don't know if that tandem is going to be as good as, as philip grubauer was for that team so yeah for sure um any last individual performances before we preview the metro yeah 51 no 52 goals for david posternak 52 52 goals for david posternak and i'm gonna go with Rico. if we if we need a blackhawk um i'm so excited for lucas Rico. i hope this kid fucking makes the team i hope he's their leading point scorer <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm not going to root against the Blackhawks for Chubbs making fun of me because that's what he's exactly what he's doing in that little comment of his. But, I mean, I'd be salty, too, if my baseball team stunk. Um, let's head on over to period number three. Welcome to period three, where we're going to preview the Metropolitan Division. You like the Metro? I do. Um, that's pretty much, you know, my team was in the Metro last year. So this is like my, kind of, pretty much. Yeah, they were combined. It was the American teams from the Atlantic and half of the Metro. There wasn't a single Atlantic team in the, in last year's division, except for, or the Sabres in last year's, uh, East division. It wasn't a single Atlantic team besides the Bruins and Sabres. So it was the Bruins, Sabres, and then Metro. Yeah, and now that I think about it, you're right. The two Florida teams were in the Central. So and was Carolina, have, though. And, then and Columbus. And there's three Canada teams. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we could do our little predictions like we've done for the last couple divisions here, but 
let's start off with a little bit of analysis. The Carolina Hurricanes. They're probably going to take a step back, but still be pretty good, right? The Carolina Hurricanes, I think, are going to take a big step back, yeah. Okay, but do you still have them as a playoff team? Um, No, I do not. Wow. That's contrary to what you said earlier in the show. Not this show, but in the show's history. What did I say? You know, I got like... You believe you believed the cap you believed the Capitals, Islanders, and Hurricanes were like the three locks from oh, this division. Yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah. So you don't think the Carolina Hurricanes are anymore? Oh, okay. All right, all right. Um the rest of the division, the Blue Jackets, Flyers, Penguins, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, Capitals. Who from this division do you have as top three in making the playoffs? The Capitals. Okay. The Islanders. Okay. I was waiting for you to look. I'm going to say the New York Rangers. Wow. The New York Rangers are going to be so much better than they were last year. And last year, I'll fight with anyone. If it was a full season, they're a playoff team. They got hot way too late. Artemi Panarin was not healthy. Ryan Reeves has made the playoffs for the past 10 consecutive years. It's always weird. Most of the guys who like get to say that are like third liners, fourth liners, because they move you, around. I have, I have reason. Teams. I have reason. Mika Zabinajad, full year healthy. He started yeah. the season late last year. Artemi Panarin looks as good as ever. Adam Fox is only going to get better. Um, Two, I'll lump these guys together. Capo Caco and Lexi Lafreniere are both going to have incredibly good years, bounce back years, you can call them. A sophomore year for, I think his sophomore year for Lafreniere will be way better. I just think this team is going to be a playoff team. I wouldn't be surprised if they take the second spot over the um, the Capitals because I think the Islanders are really fucking good. Yeah. It's hard to, I'll, like, I'll talk shit about the Islanders and halfway through the season when I hate their guts and I'm, I say they suck because the Bruins just beat them three to nothing. Mm-hmm. But right now, before hockey starts, I'll just go ahead and make it clear on the record that the New York Islanders are very fucking good. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. I agree. I have the New York Islanders. I have Washington. And then I'm going to stick to my guns here. I got Pittsburgh. I Okay, I have a rebuttal for that Pittsburgh. They are going to start the season without Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Their goaltending is sus, to say the least in terms of consistency. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh is going to be a good team. February, those games are going to be hard. March, you know, as we start coming toward April, I think they're going to fall into a hole that's too deep to dig themselves out of. Similar to the way the New York Rangers did last year, I don't see it for Pittsburgh this year. Yeah. And I think think Chris Letang is not going to have as good of a year as he did last year. They're the best team in the NHL, in my opinion, at finding and developing NCAA players, and they come out of nowhere. That's fair. So I think those guys are going to make an impact. They still have Jake Gensel. Uh, They do have Chris Letang. Uh, Jari, I think, could be a good goalie. We'll see. I just think starting the season with those two guys missing, that's going to be a hard hole to climb out of. I mean, this isn't the Chicago White Sox here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but they have a really good coach, too. They do have a really good coach. Mike Sullivan is awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Pittsburgh and believe that they'll be in it when Crosby and Malkin are fully healthy, especially Crosby. 
Um, do you have a wild card team coming out of this division? It could be Carolina. Could be. I'm not saying. I mean, okay. It, that to me all depends how the Atlantic shapes up. Yeah, but we're going to preview the Atlantic next week, and you got to keep these metropolitan predictions in mind. Then, then yeah, the following week, two weeks from now, we'll recap all of them. Then I'm going to say a full list of playoff teams. I want to say no, but I guess I put say yes. Put it. You put an asterisk next to it. It's going to be a battle between. I'll give you a sneak peek for next week. It'll be a battle between Carolina and Montreal for that final wild card spot. Okay. I am going to put Carolina in, but I believe they will be the only um, wild card from the Metro. Oh, yeah. There, there's not going to be two wild card teams from the Metro. No. That Atlanta, I think the, Atlant- the Atlantic has a better chance of putting two wild cards. That's what I'm saying. And if they do, it's going to be Montreal over Carolina, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you you do have me second guessing my Pittsburgh pick, but I mean it's hard for me to go against those pens. Uh, yeah, and, and once those guys come back, like who knows? They can yeah. get hot. We've seen it before. We've seen the, the penguins go on these amazing runs. Yes. I just don't I just think it's gonna be too big of a hole for them to climb out of. No devils for either of us. No, I don't see it. Not yet. Maybe. But it's I possible. think the Rangers I think the Rangers are gonna hold their head underwater, honestly. It's 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 possible, but I do think Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Dougie Hamilton, it could give them the push they need. I hate that Mackenzie Blackwood is one of the only players in the league that's not vaccinated, but they don't play in Canada till December. Is it December 6th? December 6th. So, and I don't give a shit about any single person's vaccination opinion. I care about NHL players being able to play all their games. And that's what's at stake here with unvaccinated players not being able to go into Canada. And if the best goalie on the team by far has to miss nine games in a year where they might miss the playoffs or make the playoffs by three or four points, that's a fucking problem. So take care of your shit, Mackenzie Blackwood. There you have it. Stop being fucking selfish. He, he claims he has the support from his teammates. So yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they want their star goalie missing nine games. Their Team Canada level goalie missing nine games. If this were a Bruins goalie, you would be pissed. You're lucky it's a goalie because missing nine games for a goalie, you just kind of work the backup scenarios around. Yeah, there. yeah. That could no, that no. could end by the end of the season. That could look like on paper he missed no games. Yeah, because they, right. they just they just worked his rest into those games. He can't travel. He's gonna get vaccinated. There's not a doubt in my. I don't mind. know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, yeah, it would suck. It. It's. I'm sure it sucks, but. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's better than it being Jack Hughes or Nico. Yeah. Those those guys aren't selfish and think you they you work the games so that's he's nice. not going to be able to participate in into his, you know, backup schedule. Yeah. Um, real quick about Pittsburgh. I looked at their schedule because I knew they, they open up against Tampa. Tampa's raising the banner on the opening day of the season, which is a Tuesday this year, not a Wednesday. Um their first six games, I'm gonna rifle off the teams that Pittsburgh is gonna have to play without Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby. Tampa Bay Lightning. In Tampa, Florida, in Florida, Chicago, their home opener, Dallas at home. Dallas is a question mark. Dallas could either be really good or really bad. Dallas might be Pittsburgh of the West. Then Toronto and then Tampa Bay. That's, That's tough. a tough six games to start the season without your two best players. No doubt about it. So um, that kind of just adds to my hole that they're going to kind of dig themselves into. I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong. 
Yeah, I I can't flip on it now that I said it. Like I'm keeping Pittsburgh, but if the Devils are like really, really good, I'm not going to be surprised. There's also one other team in the Metro that we both probably agree that the Blue Jackets are going to stink. Um, no more Jones. If they if they are good, then it's literally like guys coming out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I just look at I just look at that lineup and I don't really see much going on, honestly. Sam Atkinson is on the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. That's right. So they got Voracek. They have Voracek now. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's well, that's the other team I was going to bring up in a minute, but that's right. I forgot they made that one for one trade. Uh, Tortorella's not their coach anymore. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm not. High, they're probably my last place team in the Metro. Um, where are you on Philly? Real quick about Columbus. The only way that Zach Wierenski needs to obviously lead the way, but like you said, Seth Jones is gone. Um, they need the the duo of Merz Leakins and Corpus Allo to be way better than last year because last year it was horrific. Yeah. Granted, yeah, it was horrific. Uh, and then Voracek needs to be the Jacob Voracek from what did he put up 90 points one year? Yeah, that's not and, and Patrick Lyonet needs to be consistent. He needs to not score four goals in one game and then go 15 without scoring. Which I don't see happening. Who knows? Yeah, I, I got Columbus have, coming in last. They do have your daddy, Sean Corelli, on the team. though. That's true. Um, I believe Philly and New Jersey will battle till the end for playoffs and with the Rangers because I don't think the Rangers are going to make it. I think those three teams will battle hard all season long. And one of them will come really close, but ultimately I got Carolina and Pittsburgh taking those final two spots. Um, give me your thoughts on the Devils and Flyers really quick. Um, I think the Flyers would have a better chance over Columbus. Yes. But I, a lot – I don't know. I'd say the Flyers and Devils are actually pretty comparable in terms of if I think they'll make it or not. It could come down to – the season series between the two teams. I, I actually, I, I realistically think they're going to kind of be right, right up against each other in the standings throughout most of the season. Yeah. Do you see a world where Washington and Pittsburgh fall off and teams like the devils and Rangers take over? Washington has a little bit ways to go before Pittsburgh falling off before falling off. Okay. If a vet can score 50, like I think he's going to then. Mm-hmm. Um, Pittsburgh, yeah, I could kind of see it within the next three years or so, especially, you know, Crosby, Crosby and Malkin working their way out. Yeah. I do think that's on the devils and Rangers side is Pittsburgh and Washington finally starting to go to sleep. I don't know. Washington. I can't really get behind Washington. I, I don't see I'm them saying over the next couple years. Yeah. I don't see them falling off anytime soon. Maybe not. I mean, they only have the one cup, but they've been one of the better organizations in hockey for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. They have multiple president's trophies in our time. So the right. Rangers, I assume are your sleeper team. If you want to even call it a sleeper team, I, I honestly, that think would be Rangers, a sleeper team. Yeah. Then yeah, they're hundred percent my sleeper team because I don't know. I don't know. Just looking at that lineup, seeing their training camp uh, groups, uh, the goaltending is going to be a huge thing. Yeah. For me. They have uh, Georgiev and uh, Shesterkin. Mm-hmm. Which Shesterkin actually looked really good yesterday. I know it's just a preseason game, but yeah. when I watch these preseason games, 
I love looking at the goalies to see, like I said earlier, how good Jeremy Swayman looked. He only played 30 minutes of ice time in the first game versus Washington. In those 30 minutes, what did I look at? Obviously, you don't get a whole game. The goal that was scored, not his fault. He was positioned, positioned nicely. And then another thing I look at is their rebound control, how he's handling shots. Is he tracking the puck, where it goes? If he's blockering it away, does he know right away it's over in that right-hand board? He did very good at that and also playing the puck. He goes behind the net, plays the puck. He did an excellent job. Opposite end of the spectrum, uh, Linus Allmark, who started yesterday, mishandled the puck multiple times. He didn't know where the puck was on multiple shots. His rebound control where he thought he had it, the puck sitting in front of him. Stuff like that you kind of look for. So I thought, you know, the Rangers goalie looked really good yesterday. Pretty much is what I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds to me like one preseason Rangers game. No, sold you on them being a playoff team, so you really love to see it. Who do you have winning the division out of the teams you named? The New York Islanders. Okay, we agree. Yeah. We we agree on that. Um, I think they me, have the best. I think the New York Islanders have the best goaltending duo in the league. Yeah, last that year, makes sense. Last year, I would argue it was Boston. Both those goalies are gone. Yeah. Okay. Well, my winner is the Islanders. My sleeper team. I don't really have one. Because the four I picked are kind of the chalk four, the four that have been in the playoffs from the Metro for the last three or four years now. But I will throw an honorable mention to the New Jersey Devils as a sleeper team because they could make the playoffs, and I really wouldn't be all that surprised. Eventually, these guys got to start taking like that next step and like getting them into the playoffs, and it's going to just randomly happen one year when we don't expect it, and it could be this year. Like we're going to go into every single one of these years saying the same thing: it's coming, a couple like, and just eventually it's going to happen. And that could be this year. I do believe that. So we'll see what happens. If Jack Hughes puts up 70 points and Nico puts up 80, okay, let's just say, let's say, let's yeah. say Nico has more um, and they miss the playoffs, how much? Is that contract worth that they're going to have to give him next year for Jack Hughes? What kind probably, of deal? Do, what kind of deal do you give him after his entry level contract? Probably eight mil. Eight million dollars. Nico makes seven, and he's better than Jack right now. But Jack has offense, which always costs more money. Eight mil. Yeah. There you have it. Huh? There you have it. I was. That's yeah, not. Okay. I, for how long? They'd probably give him the eight years, I would think. That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Who are the key players in the division as a whole? Obviously, Sidney Crosby, um, Jack Hughes, Nico Alex, Ovech Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Matt Barzell, yep. I'm going to say. Um, the Breadman. Oh, big time the bread man. He could easily win the MVP. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Adam Fox. Yep. Probably the uh, best defenseman in the division right and now. And then whether they win the or whether they make the playoffs or not, I'm still going to go with um, Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravainen, that group of yeah. guys. Now Kako Niemi. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, another one I'll, I'll, is uh, Dougie Hamilton. I'll yeah. go ahead and say him because if the Devils are somewhat good, if they're a competitive team, like they, I can't really say they were for a lot of last year. Um, 
it's going to fall heavily on how he plays. So, no doubt about it. I want to give a special shout out to Evgeny Kuznetsov too, because yeah, everyone, can... everyone kind of forgets about him and Backstrom. I feel like yeah, even though they're the team's top two centers, Backstrom, we know what we're going to get: sixty assists, twenty goals. And he'll feed Ovechkin. Him and Carlson will do wonders working the puck at the top of the zone on the power play. And Ovechkin and TJ Oshie will benefit from it more than any two players on the team. But Evgeny Kuznetsov could, like, take them from a playoff team to, like, a playoff team that you, like, Mm -hmm. trust to go deep. Another thing with the Capitals and why I'm kind of so high on them, on, you know, they're a playoff team to me. We're kind of right up there with the Islanders is – uh, I think Anthony Mantha, a full year with him. And I do believe he's going to play on that top line with Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov or whatever, Backstrom, whoever they, he plays with. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of – I don't want to say I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for Mantha to have a good season because I've always liked Anthony Mantha. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying they've been shitting on that trade with uh, Detroit for Verona. It was a one-for-one trade, Verona for Mantha. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying you know, it was a bad trade. Verona's really good, and I do think Verona's really good. I think Anthony Mantha is better for the Capitals right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Verona does in Detroit, full year in Detroit. A lot yeah, of people are I, saying I think Mantha's better. I do too, but a lot of people are saying they think Verona's going to have a better year, like by a lot in Detroit, and it's going to yeah. make the trade look bad. So I mean, that's a, that's a trade. That, those are two players to keep an eye out if you want to rate the trade after this season, I guess. Yeah, don't you think Verano will get more of a he'll get more ice, he'll get more quality ice in oh, Detroit 100%. than Manta's going to in Washington? Like we know who the stars are in Washington, so you got to almost look at like points per points per sixty stuff like that, uh, overall impact on a game, Corsi four stuff like that to really evaluate the trade. I'm very excited to talk about Detroit next week. There are two teams. I know you're going to go off about the Bruins, and I'm excited to talk about the Bruins too. But besides them. The Florida Panthers and the Detroit Red Wings are the two teams I'm like really looking forward to talking about next weekend when we do the Atlantic Division. So make sure you tune in for that. I, yeah, I wonder why, because I actually don't think very highly of the Detroit Red Wings at all. Like, Oh, I'm going to put you in your place next week, son. We'll I'll see. I, I, that's something we should have looked at. I actually have no idea what the lineup is tonight versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I'm not even worried about it. I'm more thinking of Detroit long term rather than even just this season. Oh, long term. Long term. I mean, this season I think they're going to be very simple. Yeah. yeah, probably. Um, Bobby Ryan is playing in the lineup. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know he Here, still played. Vlad Nemestikov. Vladislav Nemestikov, one of my favorite names in NHL history. Jordan Osterley is playing for the. Ooh, oyster fish. Yeah. Some cool um, guy. You hear about the Bears? That Bears in their bid in Arlington? They won. Oh, they, they won it? They per- They are purchasing the Arlington racetrack, and they're expected to break ground in March. I did see that, actually. I'm very excited. Do you know how close that is to us? We could be at a Bears game in a half hour, as opposed to driving all the way. Soldier Field's not that far from us. But it's more of like a pain in the ass to get there. And then you got to walk in negative degree weather. There's going to be indoor parking. You're going to be able to leave your coat in the car and walk into the building without ever touching that negative 10 degree weather. And 
for those who are skeptical about it, I know we're kind of veering off hockey into football. That's what happens when you have a hockey and baseball show, but you love football. So you wouldn't, talk wouldn't this technically be over in overtime right now? Isn't this technically overtime? Yeah, sure. Um, I am so excited for this to happen. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah, I, knew it was- I, I was like waiting for it. I was like talking slowly, just waiting for it. Um, I've been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I'm not bragging. It's not hard to go to Atlanta. I'm not cool because I did that. But I've been there. It is fucking awesome. Okay? It's a state of the... And it's not even the best one. It's not the newest one. Every newest one is better than the previous one. So if the Bears somehow figure out how to, like, top SoFi Stadium where they just got smoked by the Rams a couple weeks ago, which is currently the best stadium in the NFL because it's the newest, who followed Jerry World, where it's just where the Dallas Cowboys played. Newer than Vegas? Oh no, Vegas is probably actually newer. But it's like it's like right and, there with SoFi. It's and right the there with SoFi. And like all these stadiums are oh, like share, sweet, right? awesome stadiums. And I just cannot wait to even think about the Bears playing in a stadium like that. Your boy might become a season ticket holder. Good luck. Isn't the waiting list like yeah, but how, how, would that, years. how would that be impacted by it moving? Well, they're not just going to screw all those people who have been waiting for 20 years. Yeah, but a lot of people might opt out if it's far away from them now. I don't know how it's going to work. I know I'll be going to a lot of Bears games if they're at Arlington Heights and it's indoors and it's not negative 10 and I can leave my coat in the car. And the only time I have to go even touch that nasty air is if I go out to my car. Do you think more people would opt out? because it's farther i would argue that there's a higher percentage of fans in attendance at soldier field live in the suburbs of chicago opposed to chicago that that could be there are people that are mad that they're not in chicago city limits if when they make this move cares so many they're gonna be called the arlington suburbs half half of sports teams don't even play in the heart of the city that they're called especially in the nfl the 49ers play 40 miles away in santa clara the New York Jets and the New York Giants play in New Jersey. I don't want to hear any of this crap. They're going to be the Chicago Bears, whose stadium is in Arlington Heights, Illinois. It's going to be a state-of-the-art stadium. It's going to be better for everyone. Maybe they'll even put a couple of restaurants in there where me and you could stop for some great-tasting less fillings before we watch the Bears get dominated by the Browns, probably. Maybe. They'll put every restaurant they could think of in, in that area. You know what I think is funny? Matt Nagy did his press conference today, that little snake. And someone asked him about, you know, the Arlington Heights thing. And his response was like, he's so entrenched in the game plan. He don't think of that. Matt, you're not even going to fucking be here when that shit is fully. What do you, why are people even asking Matt Nagy what he thinks? He's going to be the offensive coordinator of like the Jaguars by that point in time. He ain't even going to be with the Bears. I don't get why people are asking Matt Nagy what his opinion is on no one can, develop the quarterback, get more than one yard passing next week. Ask him about the freaking bears new stadium. I don't want to hear Matt Nagy's opinion. If Matt Nagy's still here when that stadium comes up, let me just tell you something about this guy. I cannot believe any pop that I woke up on Monday morning. And he was still the head football coach of the Chicago Bears. Cannot believe it. Flabbergasted. If they lose to the Lions this weekend, which I'm fully rooting for, I he has to be gone. He 
has to be gone. They got 47 yards of total net offense against the Browns. 47. One of them was via the pass. Now, obviously, Justin Fields threw for he was, more than one yard. He was with, you got to keep in mind, he was without his number one quarterback. Shut the hell up. You sound like an idiot. You're being a troll. You're I'm not you're, being you're, a troll. You're Skip Bayless. You, you don't actually think that. The Red Rifle is my guy. He's... Well, guys, five minutes each for fighting! He sucks. I lost my fantasy game by... Suck. I lost my fantasy game by less than two points. I was playing against the Cleveland defense. I'm convinced if Andy Dalton started that game, I would have won my matchup. You think Andy Dalton would have changed a game where they were sacked nine times? Fields is more mobile than Dalton. It would have been a a different game. It uh, it would not have been a different game. Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney had a field day with the Chicago Bears offensive line. That statue, Dalton, might have got sacked 13 times. You You don't think on maybe one of the plays? The whole game would have been different, first of all, because you don't know what the Browns would have probably won. Play by calling now. would have been different. No, you can't. No, you can't just say that just because I, you I, like I, Justin Fields. I believe more. that from the like, bottom of my heart. It's because you like Justin Fields more. You can't. No, you I don't like Justin Fields more. I like anyone who plays for the Chicago Bears well. And Andy Dalton doesn't do that. And Justin Fields is going to be Mitch Trubisky 2.0. Yeah, if Matt Nagy stays here. You say everyone says Andy Dalton hasn't done that, but Justin Fields hasn't really done that. I he surely hasn't, but he has the talent as a prospect to turn into something as a prospect yes as a prospect yeah we're not a starter not a starter right now he he could be a starter on a good team trevor lawrence is having an awful time in jacksonville right now he sucks mac jones looks like trash just zach wilson looks like he doesn't even know what how to play football he looks like he's on the wrong sporting field I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Mac Jones is trash. <laughs> I don't know. People, he's the next Tom Brady. Stop. No, just because he like plays a similar style game to Tom Brady doesn't mean he's the next Tom Brady. Let's not forget those same Cleveland Browns who sucked for 20 years fired Bill Belichick. I'm fired yeah. up. I, I Justin Tucker's game winning field goal, the longest kick in NFL history, was more yards. It was more yards by 19 than the Bears had total offense. Isn't that disgusting? The Bears had 47 yards of total offense. Aaron Rodgers drove the Packers 41 yards in 30 seconds to kick a game-winning field goal against the San Francisco 49ers. In 30 seconds, he had almost as much offense as the Bears had in the entire game. Credit to those Green Bay Packers fans. You make fun of me. You call me dumb. You call me stupid. You make fun of me, Green Bay Packers fans. I need to hear it. I'm trash compared to you. That is a bad man. <laughs> he is a bad man. No doubt about it. Aaron Rodgers, man. And I, and, yeah. and the fact that Justin Fields like could become that based on his talent ceiling is just... I, I can't believe this guy still has a job. After Mike North was right about Mitch Trubisky. He was. I He said something about how, like, I'll take anyone's bet that Fields won't have the same numbers Trisky had through his first four years in the NFL, and I can't even slightly disagree with the man. 
If Justin Fields has 10,000 yards and as many touchdowns as Mitch Trubisky has and his eight games over 500, four years into his career, I'll be shocked. I used to rip on Trubisky. He sucks. Don't get me wrong. He sucks. But he sucks because the Bears suck. If Trubisky was drafted into Kyle Shanahan's offense, he might actually be a competent starting quarterback in the NFL. He might be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. The only thing I can't get behind is no matter what, for some reason, maybe because they have this imaginary ceiling built in their heads, the the get behind on Justin Fields is just always going to be there, that it wasn't with Mitch Trubisky. Well, there's a reason for that. Mitch Trubisky played one season at North Carolina, a non-football school, and went seven and six. Justin Fields had like Heisman Trophy numbers two straight years as a quarterback at Ohio State, which is like always playing in big games. He beat Trevor Lawrence in a playoff game. I and forgot. Like, I forgot that. Com- I forgot that it's completely unheard of for a player to be amazing in college and mediocre in the NFL. And vice versa, mediocre in college and amazing in the NFL. I forgot that that's unheard of. No, it's not unheard of. But when a player like Justin Fields does what he does at a school like Ohio State, it's fair to have good NFL expectations based on the talent he has displayed for all this time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. At some point, you just got to you got to kind of say, is this guy ready? I, I don't know if he's ready. He's not ready under Matt Nagy. He did nothing to help him. He's going to get that kid killed. You know who is ready? Are you going to say red, Andy? The red rifle. <laughs> Andy is nothing more than a statue to help save Matt Nagy's job. I like. I honestly don't believe that that's your real take. That can't be right. I like, hope wholeheartedly that Andy Dalton starts on Sunday. He's probably going to. Yeah, it's the, he said it's, it, has, it depends on the health. He's, it yeah. goes... It goes Dalton, Fields, Foles is what he said. Yeah. And the the Sunday Sunday's starter will be determined by health. I hope it's Dalton just because I want to see that kid get hurt. I don't care what you say. I know based on what I've seen, his talent level is worlds better than Andy Dalton's ever was or ever will be. But they can ruin Dalton just because I want to see him throw for 350 yards and the Bears. It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. If they beat the Lions, you can't say shit. If Andy Dalton looks good, I'll be saying all the shit I want. No one will care though. That's fine. So, you can say whatever it sounds, you want. It sounds to me that they have they have the Lions, and then right after the Lions is the Raiders. I have the schedule as the background on my phone. Isn't that pretty dope? The Raiders, and then Green Bay, and then Tampa Bay. They're about to lose their next three straight games following the Lions, so they better win on Sunday because then it goes. They could probably – I don't know if they could beat the Steelers. I think their defense could make – Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, and Robert Quinn have looked good so far. They could probably make Ben Roethlisberger cry for help. They'll get killed by the Ravens, the Lions on Thanksgiving, whatever. The Kyler Murray is going to run all over them. Green Bay, Minnesota, Seattle, the New York football Giants they could probably beat, and then the Vikings. I mean, they're screwed. They're a bad team, and I'm so sick of it. So sick of it. You know who else is a bad team? Real quick, before we, I know we're going way, and this is a long overtime period. This is playoff double overtime right now. Um, Kansas City Chiefs are the oh, under 500 for the first time since 2015. <laughs> They'll be in the AFC championship. People ripping on Kansas City right now are like the people who used to say in like early, early September in like 2017, the Patriots, they lost the game to Miami. Tom's not good anymore. Yeah. Okay. See you in the AFC championship, Kansas City. 
I don't know. They're like a bad know. play away from being 0-3. The Browns probably I, should beat them in week one. Exactly. I don't know if I can necessarily say that I can say the same thing as I used to say about the Patriots. Because I was, de- their, their I was never worried about that. Their defense sucks ass, Kansas City. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He'll smoke most teams. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. that's that's the Bears' Vinny rant of the week. We need I didn't want to... I didn't want to do it on baseball because our American League Central Division champions reached 90 wins. We're going to the game tonight. I don't want no negativity on that show. The only time we'll be negative is when we talk about the 90 lost Cubs. That's the only time I want to be negative on that show. I don't need to talk about the Bears on freaking Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow. Well, yeah, I was going to say lucky for you and every listener at home. We have our baseball show tomorrow, 2 p.m. Thursday. Be there. We'll be talking baseball. And we're going to try not to talk about the Bears because it gets you into a mood that we just don't need. We don't need that atmosphere. We don't need that negativity. There are some people who probably enjoy it. If you enjoy it, feel free to tweet at Joey Preci, at Vinny Preci. <laughs> no, not at Vinny Preci. I don't want to hear from you. What, um, real quick, what's the Thursday night football game tomorrow? Thursday night football. The phone, the Thursday, phone night isn't football. Working. Thursday night football. Thursday night football. I just had it in my head. You called it. Oh, it's Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. Ah, it's stupid. That's no, it's not stupid. That's going to be so <laughs> sick. We're talking about that tomorrow. Don't you worry. I was at, I was at LSU, or no, I was, I was at LSU Georgia. I've seen Joe Burrow in person playing for uh, LSU. That's a national championship rematch in the NFL. If you don't like that, you don't like football. Go, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Um, if you're at Guaranteed Rate Field tonight, come say hello to Vinny and Joey. First person who does gets a beer on Joey. For at Joey Parisi, I'm at Vinny Parisi. Thank you for listening. <laughs>